tattoos. They're pretty mainstream now. But what themes are people interested in for their tattoos? How do people use tattoos to express their thoughts or attitudes? And do tattoo artists sometimes feel uncomfortable with the requests they get? Is there a culture of reticence and secrecy among tattoo artists in the face of people like me digging around? Rose has been a tattoo artist for seven years. Her specialty is organic representations like flowers, bodies, faces. We meet on neutral ground in a noisy coffee shop. It seems interviewing tattoo artists in tattoo parlours is not very conducive to getting unfettered perspectives. Now we've barely started talking, and right off the bat she mentions numbers as being an important part of tattoo art these days. Remember our friend Connor's encounter with the tattooed man that we talked about last time, and the mystery of a certain number? We'll be revealing something about that later in the programme. But if you haven't listened to the first episode, you really should, because otherwise you're just not going to enjoy this one as you really could. Anyway, back to Rose, our tattoo artist. It seems numbers figure pretty prominently in people's tattoo requests. Right now there's like a lot of, say, Roman numerals and infinity symbols and little, just little pieces of black work that uh, you might see them on Pinterest a lot. Why, why Roman numerals? I'm not entirely sure. I think I kind of think that started that somebody, a celebrity, got it at one point. I know Rihanna got it like five years ago. I feel like recently maybe somebody else got it. That kind of stuff people tend to get because they see it. So somebody they've seen has it and they like the way it looks. Somebody famous or some just people in general? Eh, it might start with somebody famous and then with the internet now you'll just see it on the internet or you'll see it. You know, tattoos, there's a lot more tattoos in public, so you might just see it there. Are there any particular numbers that come up? You can hear I'm fishing here, you know, trying to nudge her towards maybe shedding some light on that number that emerged in relation to Connor's tattooed man encounter. And by the way, if you're asking right now, what is she going on about? You need to listen to episode one. And the basis for this intriguing little issue will be explained. Mostly it's dates that are specific to people. Yeah, it seems more personal than anything. So there are no particular numbers that come up? Well, I don't actually personally do a lot of those. We get them at the shop. We have someone who only does walk-ins and he gets most of those. Okay, but it's mostly dates, not, not numbers that have a particular... Yeah, not a, you know what has been interesting though, there have been a lot of people getting triangles recently. Um, yeah, in, in a few forms. Some are the triangles that, have you seen those triangles that represent different, like earth, water, the different elements? We've had those, a couple of those over the past few weeks, just small triangles. And people are getting more interested in sacred geometry, which is very interesting. Sacred geometry? Yeah. What's, what's that? Oh, good grief. We're only two minutes into the interview and already I'm getting out of my depth. I should have done a bit more homework before I waded into this. The uh, geometry that... How do I... Geometry that gets expressed naturally through nature, I guess is one way to put it. You get the golden ratio involved. Uh, Okay, okay. I'm beginning to feel like that barista is wrapping me over the knuckles for not coming adequately prepared. The way... Mathematically, shapes will fit together, form other shapes. 
Okay, the golden ratio. Let's look that up. Yeah, golden ratio. In mathematics, two quantities or numbers have a relationship of golden ratio if their ratio to each other is the same as the ratio of their sum when you add them together to the larger of the two quantities or numbers, or in geometrical terms, when the longer part divided by the smaller part is also equal to the whole length divided by the longer part. This proportion is supposed to be aesthetically pleasing. It appears in some patterns in nature, for example the spiral arrangement of leaves around a stem and the arrangement of veins in leaves. Then in animals the golden ratio is expressed in the branching of their veins and nerves and it can also be found in the proportions of chemical compounds and the geometry of crystals. It seems to be a universal law. In connection with his scheme for golden ratio-based human body proportions, the 19th century German psychologist Adolf Zeising said of the golden ratio, in which is contained the ground principle of all formative striving for beauty and completeness in the realms of both nature and art, and which permeates, as a paramount spiritual ideal, all structures, forms and proportions, whether cosmic or individual, organic or inorganic, acoustic or optical, which finds its fullest realisation, however, in the human form. OK, so it seems my next question isn't completely stupid after all. Is that related to particular spiritual movements? or It is because it's naturally, it's, it's something based in the natural world. It's common to to probably most mystical traditions encased within most religions. If you go to any of the major religions and look at their mystical aspect, which is not usually the most widely accessible aspect, you'll see it in their designs, you'll see them all over mosques and churches, it's like, it's infused in there, yeah. Now I talked a bit about numerology and different spiritual traditions in episode one, but not specifically about the golden ratio. So this was insightful. But back to tattoos. What is the main motivation for getting inked? Are there any recurring reasons or motivations why people get tattoos? Are there any sort of common things that recur amongst the clientele? Yeah. There's always uh, memorial pieces is, is consistent throughout history. A lot of people get tattoos to commemorate anything. People you know, would be memorial tattoos. But people get tattoos to commemorate life events. People will get tattoos to commemorate a sort of less tangible life event, you know, like they have been through something difficult and they want to mark themselves for it. For some, it's purely aesthetic. And that's more common these days. It's becoming more widely acceptable to get purely aesthetic tattoos. It's still generally held by the majority of the populace that you should have some intelligible meaning behind it. I don't agree with that, but um, I'd say commemoration is sort of like an overall category of why most people would get a tattoo. So far, this all sounds pretty innocuous and respectable and almost mainstream, but it hasn't always been this way. You know, 15 years ago, tattooing was a lot different than it is now. And there was a lot, seemingly, a lot more crazy stuff going on. Right, because the the clientele was different then. Yeah, and it was much more underground. So you were kind of already more of a weirdo if you were getting a tattoo. 
And weirdos still get tattoos, but there's just much more non-weirdos getting tattoos. They're more diluted by the non-weirdos. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, aside from the motley crew of people one encounters as a tattoo artist, what I'm really interested in is whether there are any taboos in the tattooing world. And in what ways tattoo artists' moral or ethical sensibilities are challenged in ways that make their jobs uncomfortable or a little dicey? Have you ever worked in a shop where there's a kind of policy about we don't do certain kinds of tattoos? No, not explicitly. Would you say that most tattoo shops don't have an explicit code or rule book, if you like, about what kinds of tattoos they won't do? Yeah, I don't think so. The closest thing is that most artists that I know personally are very hesitant to put very visible tattoos on people that don't already have very visible tattoos. So if, and this does happen, if like a, an 18 year old comes into the shop with no or very few tattoos and wants a tattoo on their neck, most people I know would decline that sort of request. That's not written in stone, though. I mean, you know, it's not a rule that anybody has to follow. It's just the artist's own personal conscience. And, uh, and but what's that motivated by? The fear that their appearance will will make people react badly to them. Yeah, essentially, it's you know, just the experience of being someone who publicly has very visible tattoos is different from that of somebody who doesn't have visible tattoos. Just like anybody's experience is different from anybody else. Do you think it's generally a negative experience? I don't... It's hard to answer for me because I don't think that there's necessarily like an objective, negative, positive, you know, it, it just is. But, but it is a decision that when you have a little bit of perspective. I don't have that much perspective on an 18-year-old. I'm only 28, but already I know that an 18-year-old doesn't have necessarily the perspective to know what it means to make that life decision right then that you can't very easily take back. So it's never intended as a you shouldn't do this. Well, I'm not just going to say it's never intended. Maybe somebody intends it that way. But if I were trying to decline someone's request for that, it would be coming from a place of, I don't want to do this for you because I'm not convinced that you know what what you're getting into, and I just would feel guilty if what I facilitated caused you to not be able to get a job. Have you ever had angry parents come in and complain about what you've done to their young adult children? No, luckily. I've had people come in with their parents because um, we do tattoos on 16 and 17 year olds with parental consent. Okay. So I have dealt with like a 16 year old and their parent, and it's not always an easy uh, process, but um, that's usually friction between the child and the adult. So. Um, have you ever had a situation where parents came in with their teenage kids and didn't end up going ahead because of the conflict over having a tattoo? Yeah, it's happened. Um, I've had a few people that have come in, didn't realize how expensive it was going to be, um, or wanting something that isn't uh, physically feasible in a tattoo. There are limitations, um, and a lot of times a 16-year-old and their parent have no reason to know what those limitations are, and once I explain them to them, they decide not to get it. 
Okay, so far Rose has talked about concern for clients, or skins as they're sometimes referred to, and the effects that being tattooed will have on them socially, and perhaps even professionally. But what about the effects on tattoo artists themselves? Now, are there ever, have you ever had any experiences or have any of your colleagues ever had experiences where people came in and asked for tattoos for very strange reasons or odd reasons or the nature of the tattoo itself that they were asking for was, was strange or even distasteful? Yeah, strange is a broad word, you know, and that's, very subjective um distasteful of course it it does happen um i i mean you see people walking around with imagery that i think is distasteful i mean personally i think if something's distasteful if it's hateful you know that's for me that's kind of a line you know if somebody were to come in and want tattoo that was very clearly bigoted, I might tell them I'm not their person. Strange? There are some strange characters that are always hanging around tattoo shops. It doesn't matter where you work. I used to work at one place. There was this lady who would regularly come in and she had... We, I didn't. I don't think she got it at our shop, but she had a, uh, a Betty Boop tattoo on her cheek. I mean, she uh, was not always in her right mind, maybe, but... Um, she would come in a lot, just hang out for a little bit and leave, and I had no idea why she had Betty Boop on her face. Are facial tattoos common, or is that unusual for people to ask for tattoos right on their face? It's still pretty uncommon. It's more common in some places, uh, but around here, it's not very common. When people come in for facial tattoos, what kinds of things do they generally ask for? What is a recurring? Um, well, a teardrop is the first one that comes to mind. What does that mean for people, teardrop? It means different things for everybody. I think it's kind of a, a misconception that the teardrop has like one specific secret of dangerous meaning. I remember hearing somewhere that the original meaning was sailors having lost their mother or something like that. You know, I don't know where it originated. I don't know if there's a single origin. I've read that teardrops are often associated with people who've lost somebody to death, somebody who may even have been murdered. And I've read that for some gang members, the teardrop will often be left empty until they avenge that death. And then when you see the tattoo filled in, that signifies that they have avenged the death, whatever that means. That's one interpretation I've read about. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I mean, you probably have to be in a gang to know that kind of code, you know. That's, that seems personal. So how important is understanding where the client is coming from for the tattoo artist? When somebody comes with a request for a particular symbol that can have many meanings, some positive, some negative, um, some potentially offensive, do you ask why they want that particular tattoo, do you ask for some kind of explanation for a context or meaning, or does that generally come out spontaneously from the person themselves? Uh, that in general comes from the person. When you're talking about specifically something that is sort of on the fence of uh, something that touches my personal offense or whatever, um, I don't actually run into that that much. So the question of what I would do, 
is interesting because I'm not sure. Um, part of me feels like it's not necessarily my business if it's not obvious. You know, I, I, my place isn't specifically to judge and decide for you. It's you know, it's to provide a service. But I, you know, I have my own personal boundaries that I have to decide. But my personal view tends to be very. Broad's the right word. You know, I'm not so convinced that right and wrong, good and evil are solid, tangible things. And Absolutely. So, right. So that very directly informs how I approach life in general. Uh, I like to assess every situation as it comes for what it actually is, not for what it might be construed as in different lights if that's not actually what's going on. So if somebody comes in and they want a symbol that for one particular group does represent something offensive but the person asking for the tattoo doesn't have that in mind, that's, that's perfectly fine for you. I guess that, I don't know, it sort of depends because I've had people ask me for, or not actually go so far as like I'm here ready to get this but approach me and say oh I kind of want to get this tattoo in the future gang tattoos that are specific, like there was a, a number of books published that are filled with Russian criminal tattoos, for example. And I've had, you know, people say like, oh, this one's really cool, I want that. That, I, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea, you know. For what reason? Because, it's specifically because it does mean something very specific to someone, and not, I'm not so much worried about... Well, maybe for the offense you might cause, but also the harm you might cause to yourself by doing something ignorant like that. Sure, it's maybe it's unlikely that you'll come across a Russian convict in your life, but who knows, if you do, and that person does not have the nonchalant American youth attitude that this can belong to you because it's public, um, they might hurt you. Now, I've also heard that in relation to Hell's Angel mm -hmm. tattoos, that apparently within Hell's Angel culture, there are rules about who is eligible to get certain kinds of tattoos. And so I've heard other tattoo artists say that certain Hell's Angel tattoos that people come in wanting simply because they're cool, they've advised them against it because they've said, well, yes, but if you get this tattoo, you're putting yourself in, in danger because unless you're part of the group, unless you've been authorized, so to speak, by the group, as far as they're concerned, you have no business getting this kind of tattoo. Yeah. So it's not a good idea from a safety perspective. Yeah, I probably, if, if there is like a symbol that is a known active gang symbol that somebody wants, I, I'm not going to do it. Because, that, yeah, just for that reason, it's not safe for them, it's not necessarily safe for me, it's just not, it's, it's not something I want to touch in any way. Um, it's my assumption that, you know, if you are someone that, someone within a gang has decided can get a specific tattoo that is, you know, that they feel very, uh, that's theirs, that they have someone who does those tattoos and that if you're asking someone who's not one of those people you're not asking the right person if you have to be asking you probably shouldn't be getting it yeah.
So have you ever had to do a tattoo, or have you ever been requested to do a tattoo that you felt was hateful or bigoted in any way? like a few years ago somebody asked me about a tattoo involving quote-unquote towelhead skulls which I was a uh, wasn't really my what do they mean by towelhead uh, 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 Arab Arab an Arab dude with the uh, I don't know what it's called like a the head, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just a derogatory term for that so. Why would they want a turban tattoo? They were, they'd been in the military, so it was related to their experience there. So the tattoo was going to express some kind of hate towards people, so-called towelheads. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the idea. Right. Presumably you had to incorporate some other symbol to indicate that... Yeah, they wanted uh, like an American eagle holding the skulls. And was that made to you personally, that request? Yeah, yeah. I didn't end up doing it. How did you deal with that when you first got the request? I just told him that I probably wasn't the right person. I don't remember if I gave a specific reason, but that was essentially it. How did he react? I, it didn't become a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he might have gotten it done by somebody else at the shop, I don't really know. What tattoo symbols or particular themes immediately come to mind for you as tattoos that are fundamentally offensive, either for you as a tattoo artist to do, or that you think might be offensive in the general public or amongst particular groups? Any, any symbol that is offensive to somebody is going to be offensive to that same person as a tattoo. And that's going to be different for every person. You know, for me, like I said, the first thing that comes to mind is just anything that represents very apparent bigotry or arrogance. So if somebody wanted to get the Nazi flag, I, uh, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable doing it. Would you refuse? I might have a dialogue with the person about it. I might refuse. I don't know. I haven't been put in that situation. It's likely, but I... Even though I can't imagine it now, it's possible that there's a situation in which I would understand, you know? Now, I wouldn't go so far and say the swastika, because it has so many other meanings. It comes from Hindu mythology originally. Right. Just requisitioned by the Nazis. Yeah. So, you know, if, if somebody who was covered in Hindu Buddhist symbols and they wanted a swastika key pattern, I wouldn't question where it was coming from and I would have no problem doing that. Other than that, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Okay, it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty to ask her about that particular tattoo. Do you ever have to do, are you ever asked to do noose tattoos? Noose? Yes, like a hangman's noose. Uh, I haven't, no, no. You've never come across Like around that. someone's neck or? Anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In what context would people have noose tattoos? Uh, at this point... It's kind of just been incorporated into traditional tattoo imagery. There are certain images that, usually ones that were probably military originally, you know, something, you know, sailors, whatever, whoever was getting tattoos in America originally. Uh, well, not originally, originally, right? We're talking the newest Americans in America. I, I had no idea where the noose originates, but rope in general and uh, I think it's you know people love to get tattoos just about death is a common theme just really? in general oh yeah yes. 
I mean, I think the whole human race is kind of obsessed with death. We're so afraid of it. That's why so many countercultural countercultures, I guess, have so much imagery. I think that is in some way related to death because it seems like the the human problem. Right. So when people are getting death-related tattoos, what is it they're trying to say to themselves, do you think, or, or to the world? That's personal, I don't know. I mean, I have a skull right here with like mushrooms growing out of it. It's, the skull is decaying. But to me, this symbolizes the cycle of life and death. You know, the mushrooms are breaking it down. It's, you know, breaking it down, creating new life. Death that facilitates new life. Well, I just think they're one and the same, right? It's a continuous cycle. So for me, that's what that is. For other people, sometimes it's just trying to look a certain way. Sometimes it's trying to project a certain persona. I don't know. I think you would get a different answer for every person you asked. What would you regard as particularly, and you've talked about the raghead or towelhead or whatever, what would you regard as other clearly racist symbols in tattoo art? Like I said, probably the Nazi flag. Do you mean to ask, like, that's common or... No, I mean, what if somebody potentially was in general? a person who wanted to convey white supremacist or any kind of you know, Somebody wanted racist. to come in and get, like, a clan hood on them. A clan hood? Yeah, I don't know. It could be anything like that, you know. The, the Confederate flag might give me pause for, or cause for pause. Uh, no, that's very much in the news at the moment. Yeah. So has that, is that something that has come up more recently or not? No, I mean, it's not, I'm not at all in the area where anybody would really be getting one. So it doesn't come up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you mentioned Hangman's Noose. If, you know, if somebody was put in the Hangman's Noose, you know, especially if it was like a black person or something like that, Again, depending on the context. You know, if some white dude came in wanting that, I'd probably want to know why before putting it on him. Uh, you mean the noose alone or the noose with round some? No, the noose alone is it's a noose. I don't know, it's, it could be anything. I mean, I feel like hate is sort of something that is generally apparent, you know, um, and it could come in almost any form. Now, you know, general hatred sort of anger, you know, somebody came in and just like wanted a tattoo of a hand flipping the bird. I don't have a problem with that. That's angst, you know. I could sit here forever coming up with things that are potentially hateful, but it sounds like an unpleasant thought experiment. Noose tattoos are, or have been in the past at least, associated with the Ku Klux Klan. In some circles they are considered racist because of lynching. In some circles that actually can be a reason for getting a noose tattoo to convey some kind of racist attitude. I'm sure that's true. But I I think there are people getting that that are ignorant to that. And I don't know if that matters. When it comes to a noose, I might say that it is more the intention behind it that matters because the symbol itself, to me, does not specifically mean that. I, I clearly see the relation. But it could mean, you know, anything else. I mean, I put a tattoo of Odin hanging on somebody. It wasn't a racist situation. Odin would be a Norse god of yeah, yeah. thunder? Uh, Odin, I'm not sure because I'm not really familiar. I'm not, not super familiar. He's like a, a pretty, one of the main gods. I know he was the god of Wednesday. 
there's a noose within that tattoo. But uh, this is not what it's about. So it's context, it's context. Right, exactly. Now, Rose wasn't the first tattoo artist I approached for an interview. I had a couple of experiences where artists were eager about the prospect of talking to me when I proposed an interview and made an appointment. But when I showed up, they clammed up on me. One had done a runner and locked up shop early, and three artists at another shop who'd been enthusiastic two days before when I set up the interview for a time when they didn't receive clients were suddenly unwilling to emerge from the back room when I presented myself. It seems their boss had put the kibosh on it. What was that about? Have you experienced that? Is that something you're familiar with, that it's taboo for tattoo artists to speak to so-called outsiders? Because I've read a bit about that too, and then I did experience that. There are definitely people that are like that. Honestly, it might be just as likely that they just didn't want to do it. Some tattoo artists are paranoid. People are paranoid. What do you think they would be paranoid about? I'm not sure. Or their bosses? I don't think it would be anything specific. Just the potential for anything to be misconstrued. The same thing anyone would be paranoid about. I touched on it, you know, at some point that tattooing as an industry was relatively recently a lot more underground. So there is definitely remnants of that. It hasn't totally gone away, but it's been diluted by uh, a lot of tattoo shops and tattooers that aren't as old school. Do you think older tattoo artists with longer experience tend to be perhaps a little bit more paranoid or protective of their work than younger tattoo artists? Um, I'm not sure that I would say that. I mean, it's always going to be depend on the person. Some, some people who are young who get into tattooing are attracted to that idea. The idea of being in on something that is inaccessible. So you're going to get young tattooers with that attitude who feel like they have something to prove, you know. You'll get older tattooers that it's the way they are or are used to being or were taught or just through experience. It might be as simple as, you know, tattooing is still for some reason very controversial in a lot of people's minds. So now... I revealed to Rose the story of Connor, our young DC millennial who had an odd encounter with a tattooed man, to see what she thinks. Spoiler alert! If you have no idea what we're talking about, you need to listen to episode one before you proceed. Otherwise you just won't get the fun out of the rest of this episode. And then come back to us. You'll be glad you did. He was a white guy. white guy in his late, probably about your age, late 20s, mid to late 20s. And he apparently had three loose tattoos on his face. Is that something strange to you, or...? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, strange in that it's, you know, it's not something you see every day, yeah. But I, I mean, I interact largely socially with people who are heavily tattooed. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of them have facial tattoos? No, but... It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's strange just because it's a, it's a decision, it's a very, like... Your face is out there, it's tattooed. But I, I don't know that it would necessarily put me off. I don't know I don't know what it means, but I you know, I wouldn't be as phased by it as somebody who's not used to seeing that that regularly. Now despite Rosa's being unfazed by the description of Connor's tattooed man. She had an altogether different reaction to what he had said to Connor after the engagement went awry. Do you want to hug it out? 
which is an expression I've never heard of before. Uh -huh. did, I, did they hug it out? Well, as I said, if you want to know the answer to that question, you're going to have to listen to episode one, and you'll also be able to hear how other people reacted to Connor's story. Rose's reaction to one of their reactions was more, even more infectious laughter. <laughs> now, this interview would neither be complete nor a fitting compliment to Connor's story if I did not ask Rose that other significant question that I asked all my interviewees after hearing their reactions to his encounter with the new tattooed man. Does the number 89 mean anything to you? Uh, no, no. Should it? <laughs> Why did he have that tattooed on him or something? And just like I'm saying to you, I exhorted Rose to listen to the first episode to find out. There are no special favours for interviewees on routing out. 89. Is it Prime? Probably, yes. I think it's Prime. So, if you haven't already, go and listen to our first episode. Because if you don't, you're really going to miss the fun of the next bit. Sometimes we turn an event or a story we hear into something more complicated and sinister than it really is. We connect disparate or completely unrelated elements that in reality have no connection at all. We construct meanings and ascribe significance to things that are meaningless or in actual fact so innocuous as not to represent anything of importance at all. At least, not the importance that we are giving to them. If you have listened to Connor's story in episode one, you'll know that the number 89 hovered like an ominous omen over the whole incident and lingered in the air, arousing much speculation and curious ponderings in the aftermath. After days of research, much of which I covered in episode one, Connor finally figured out the solution to the conundrum. It was an incredibly exciting eureka moment. And did it all turn out to be... senseless? Let's give him the last word today. Wait a minute, that's right. The bar. My coat check number at the bar was 89. You have been listening to Routing Out, conceived, produced, and edited by Zoe Badovinik. Music by Zoe Badovinik and AZ. Join us next time on Routing Out. <laughs>